is Taylor Swift an SEO queen? Who is a snail girl? And why are celebrities posting medical photo dumps? I'm Maggie Zhao. And I'm Jasmine Wallace. And you're listening to Culture Club, a fortnightly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. This is why we're voting yes in Australia's upcoming referendum on October 14th. A voice to parliament isn't perfect, but it's a step forward rather than backward. While we can't tell you what to vote for, we implore all local listeners to research and think about the Australia they want to see. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So last night, me and a couple of our friends figured out that your vibe, like who would play you in a movie, is Kate Winslet. Yeah, I told my boyfriend that when I got home and he was like, he didn't see it. But yeah, you said more vibes than looks, right? Yeah, more vibes than looks, but there is mm. a definite looks crossover. And I'm thinking Kate Winslet in The Holiday, right? Mm. So she's put together, but a bit frazzled. You got so <laughs> offended when I said frazzled, but it's just like that endearing down to earth realness. Okay, that's good to know. I was thinking about that this morning. I was getting ready. I was like, frazzled, frazzled. Do I give off frazzled? Is frazzled negative? No, <laughs> it's real. You're a real girl. I'm a real girl. And we said that you were oh yeah you you said Kate Blanchett that's it our <laughs> friend yeah Kate Blanchett in just like composed very chic vibe I mean she's a badass so I'll take that yeah maybe me in like you know 30 years yeah I see that but that was a lovely dinner last night we yeah. went to Neptune wine bar in Windsor mm-hmm. I loved it um but you've had a pretty full-on morning like we got home like pretty late and then you were up doing hot pilates yeah, I mean, it was a nice night for a school night. We were, like, drinking martinis and, you know, having a nice late dinner. And the time just, like, flew mm-hmm. by. It was, like, three hours, for like, ten minutes, which is a sign of a very good dinner party. Yeah. But, yeah, I got up this morning. I haven't exercised in, like, weeks. Like, a good two or three weeks. I do this a lot where I, like, PMS and then I don't feel like exercising. Mm. And then I am, my first few days of my period are really painful, so I don't exercise. And then I just, like, am out of the loop. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, it's been like two and a half weeks since I've like moved my body. So I just moved to Port Melbourne and was like, I'm going to go on class pass and like check out all the new like gyms and classes near me. Booked hot Pilates for 8am this morning, which is not that early. Mm-mm. And it's like, you know, I'd be ready back home by nine. But I haven't done hot Pilates in so long. I don't think I've ever done like hot Pilates in the room, but I've done hot yoga and I thought that maybe it was just the name of the class, like hot Pilates, like you're going to get sweaty. And then I rocked up and it was like, oh no, this is like a 37.5 degree room. So this is your first time. My first time exercising in that long. Ah. First time doing hot Pilates. And it was pretty hard. And there's like class full of like models, essentially, <laughs> like Southside girlies. <laughs> and... the class was fine like I got through it and whatever I didn't die but it was hot and then left and I'm smart I was like I'm gonna put a jumper on even though I'm hot because we're going I'm going outside into like 12 degree weather walk down the street get a coffee standing in the coffee shop and I'm like oh my god like I feel like I'm gonna be sick 
and I felt really lightheaded and woozy and I had to sit down on a stool and I was like, what if I just faint in the street? Like my boyfriend had already left God. for work for the day. So I was just walking home like to an empty house. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to call him to just like tell him that I'm like walking home. Anyway, it was fine. It was fine. I wasn't sick, but all the rest of this morning I felt like on and off nauseous. No. I sent you a photo of my lips, like so pale. Normally my lips are very red, but um, anyway, moral of the story, be careful with hot Pilates. Oh yeah. Like the hot yoga, hot Pilates yeah. thing terrifies me. It is uncomfortable at room temperature so just to add that kind of extra layer um is a lot but i know some people swear by it but it is yeah. you gotta be safe you gotta be safe i think it was a bit silly to do it for like first class back in yeah. ages like have an exercise not long anyway we're fine we're here we made it to the studio so one of our friends ali daisy king um at dinner she brought up this really great article and we we are all pop culture girly so we kind of just dived into it and it was called introducing the zillennial cult comedy cinematic universe and that was written in the ringer and the writer is jody walker so we got into the convo because we were talking about the movie Bottoms, which we haven't seen yet because it's not out in cinemas in Australia. And there was another movie that I was wanting to watch this. Oh, Priscilla, the new like Elvis movie mm. that stars Jacob Elordi and stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to go see that. Like, when's it out? And there's like no information. And that one L article like went through what the movie's about. And then at the end it was like, it's still not known when it will be in cinemas. I'm like, why are we still doing this thing of like, like we're in a globalized world, right? Where we see the TikToks of bottoms mm. and like every, it's such like a homogenized culture now. Why is Australia still not getting like the releases when America does? I just think that's so dumb from a marketing perspective. Like we're all getting the same content now. So why is there still like a month gap between like when movies release there versus here? Yeah. I don't understand. If anyone works in the movie business, please DM us because I don't understand that process. Neither. And that is such a good shout. Like why is that happening? I don't think it's anything to do with the strikes because it's been going on for ages. Mm. Maybe about like not having cinema releases for some of the titles that could be related. But come on, like with Bottoms, that is so unfair. So for those who don't know, this film is like a queer comedy and essentially it has like these two unpopular best friends at high school and they start literally a fight club to literally just meet girls and lose their virginity um that is the synopsis of the film the film's tagline is iconic it is a movie about empowering women brackets the hot ones <laughs> i'm so keen for this it looks amazing so it stars rachel senat um and ao adebri kaya gerber like mm-hmm. total gen z zillennial vibes but this article talks about the new zillennial cult comedy group and they've kind of been compared to like the judd apatow era of like all the actors starring in similar things yeah. and like comedies and like indie comedies also reminds me a little bit of the Brat Pack from like the 80s with the John Hughes um, films and mm. actors. They were more teen teenagers. But anyway, I love all those like cinematic universe um, mind maps and how everyone's connected in Hollywood. I feel like they're our friends. I have the biggest parasocial relationship to these people. Okay, I can see that. They're also all, all three of these um, women that we're talking about. So Rachel Sennett, Molly Gordon and Ayo Adebri. Um, they're all 27. Um, and they are obviously all in kind of like the same industry. They're all, there's something so cool mm. about them. They're really, fu- they're funny and hot. <laughs> like that's what it is. And, and smart. Yeah. And like so they smart. write a lot of these pieces. Molly Gordon directed Theatre Camp, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about that the other episode. Yes. 
And it's like, why they feel different to the other mm. it girls in Hollywood at the moment. They are like gaining this cult following online. Like I'm seeing them all over my TikTok. But I just feel different. I don't know if that's silly to say because obviously they are so similar to the other Hollywood stars that we love. Like they're they're beautiful, they're like smart, they act in things. Like some of them have like Nepo baby mm. ties. So it's like, okay, but why do we love these ones? Yeah, that's so interesting. I wonder if it's because Rachel especially, she's got her start in stand-up comedy. Mm. So she shared a lot of her like takes and comedy and like stories on one a stage and then obviously they've gone on the internet afterwards so maybe that's like the whole parasocial relationship like feeling like I feel like she's like a colleague or something I'm like oh (laughs) we were together in that thing I'm like no nothing to do with her but maybe that's why yeah I also just watched Shiver Baby this week um which I loved it was a really fun funny but stressful and tense film i'm not going to give anything away but shiva is essentially like in jewish culture when someone passes it's essentially like similar to a wake where or like a funeral where people just gather and mourn and like you know eat and stuff and it's all essentially just set in this like one house during that event i won't say anything else but she was so good in it but speaking of you were saying like why um do people love these women the article kind of touches on it do you want to read some out yeah currently there is a triad of chaotic triple threats creating art together that basically guarantees riotous joy but somehow also promises that uniquely delicious hit of low-level relentless anxiety that makes you feel like you're watching a horror movie even though you're sure you're watching a comedy. Rachel Sennett, Molly Gordon and Ayo Adebri have crafted a comedic styling all their own and over the past several years, they've started frequently overlapping to form a sort of zillennial cult comedy cinematic universe. With each new entry and each new unexpected main character haircut, this distinctly women-driven, absurdly funny and mostly queer universe grows. I can't wait to see where they go and I think that might be a reason we feel that parasocial ship thingy is because they are like creating queer women centric stories that like yes we've had that in the past but now it's like there's a whole gaggle of these girl women and people who are creating art together that is like representative of Mm. like gen z and zillennials um and yeah those stories what we want to see and watch and yeah i think that could be a big reason yeah i feel like they get it yeah and they get internet culture and it's not like netflix executives trying to like talk to gen z being like yes like kids (laughs) it's like actually people who are freaking cool and like have their finger on the pulse um making art which is really exciting we love them we'll start a little fan club It is crazy to me that we haven't even spoken about this on the podcast yet because it feels like it's been going on for months, but it's only been a few weeks. And that is Taylor Swift's new fling, Travis Kelsey. (gasps) The all-American sweethearts that are taking the world by storm. I can't wait to unpack this because genuinely Jazz and I haven't, we haven't spoken about this. So we don't know each other's thoughts on this, even though we can usually read each other's minds. But anyway, let's get into it. Can you give me a rundown? Because I don't even know what's, like, NF. NFL, yeah. NFL, sorry, yes, that's it. <laughs> something football league. 
Yeah, I think it's National, National Football yeah. League and because it's American, it's like, we're the only nation. Yes, take me through it, Charles. <laughs> Get us started. Okay, so Travis Kelsey, he is an NFL player for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is very close to Taylor's age, born in the 80s, just like Taylor. Um, Taylor has been in attendance of two of his games for the Kansas City Chiefs this season. And in true Taylor Swift effect, there's been so much like content out of this. Yes. The sale of his jerseys, like I guess the number he wears, have surged. The NFL has made their like Twitter handle, X handle, um, NFL Taylor's version. Oh my God. Ads for Taylor's new concert movie have been broadcast mm. during the games and the NFL's viewing figures amongst younger people have risen. And also this was like so odd to me in terms of like stand, not even stand culture anymore, but like marketing culture in yeah. that a photo was taken of Taylor Swift at the game with a fan. She's sitting in a corporate box and someone's got a photo with her and she's got a chicken wing yeah. and t- tomato sauce or whatever and seemingly ranch. So like ranch, <laughs> but they were like, oh, I think it's ranch. It's oh seemingly ranch. And then Heinz like made the sauce or like they at least made a poster ad for the sauce. And I was like, imagine being that famous that the food in front of you gets turned into like a branding exercise. Like that is just, it makes me, made me feel really weird. Wow. Did you see the other one that was so big? Okay, so again, this is off, you know, uh, Taylor Swift being photographed with tomato sauce and seemingly ranch, right? The Empire State Building lit up in the colours of tomato sauce and seemingly ranch and then they tweeted that to like confirm like that was what it was. (laughs) It's so weird. Like why are brands being so weird? This one is funny because it's just centered around like sauce, right? It's about condiments, which I think is like a bit of a piss take. And I kind of prefer it than like they're taking something super serious and like the celebrity culture and like Mm. trying to like bandwagon off it. Like this is so kooky, but it, but it is, it is wild. The effect and like influence Taylor has like that is like unheard of. She has to be now, like as of this year, like, the most famous woman in the world yeah i wonder what the stats are on that because um i think on spotify she's still she's the second most listened to artist now um i think the weekend still holds top spot for that but i mean you can google that yeah (laughs) so back to her new beau they haven't confirmed they're in like a relationship but i mean they're definitely a thing Mm -hmm. so Travis Kelsey plays for the Kansas City Chief, like we said, but he also has a brother, Jason, who also is in the NFL. And they have a podcast together called New Heights. Mm -hmm. On the latest app, Travis says that he thinks the NFL, so essentially his own employer, needs to, quote, calm down. Was he talking specifically about Taylor? I'm sure he didn't mention her by name, but, like, what was that in reference to? Yeah, so they were definitely talking about Taylor. Travis has been quite private i think Mm. which is a reason why everyone's like oh my god he's such a gentleman but um jason says to travis because i was talking about it that during sunday's game against the jets the cameras filming the nfl cut to taylor swift's corporate box 17 times and then travis goes damn that's crazy that's like once a drive which is like football terminology for like 
when you push forward in um, the game. Cool. You know, across the field. <laughs> oh, once a drive, like yeah. every time a drive happens, they like flick to Taylor. Because every time a drive happens, they have to like stop gotcha. and restart, yeah. which is why I fucking hate that type of sport. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so some people are saying, like they always do, that this is PR for both Travis and Taylor. It's PR orchestrated. It's not real. As you can tell by my tone of voice, I definitely have an opinion on this, but I would love to hear yours first. Well, let's just talk about Travis and Taylor and what we think about them, yeah. right? Because the sentiment that I'm seeing online and in my like in real life circle friends, people are going like bonkers for it in the best way possible. People are frothing over this. Mm. They're like, I love it. Like there is something about him being like also American and him. The, the other conversation that I'm seeing a lot is like, oh, he's like a real man. Yeah. Um, there's something about the fawning over this man that's making me uncomfortable because I would say that in quite a while he's the first like he's like a incredibly just stereotypical like man's man in the sense of like he's he's very like masculine mm. and and he's white and I just feel like people are like so obsessed like to the level which I haven't seen with her past relationships I definitely think that's coming from Americans mm. being like like we've got him back from the British we've got her back sorry from the British um, and like that all American football guy thing. I think also the invisible strings everyone's been pulling. So mm. there's the whole like his jersey number. Yeah. Um, there was something about 13. I can't even remember all the like coincidences essentially that people have been talking about. But I don't know. I like them together. I think she looks really happy mm. in when the camera cuts to her 17 times. Yeah, I think I like it too. Um, yeah, someone in my friendship group was like, I think they're going to get married. And I don't know. I don't. I think it is okay to be skeptical of the fact that there is so much PR coverage over them. Like this is next level. Mm. Like seeing Taylor in a public space, you know, with all these different angles, with all these different like videos, etc. I haven't. I don't remember the last time we've had this. So it does keep me a bit skeptical, but. I don't know, like, they, yeah, they are cute together. I'm just kind of unfazed by it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, like, imagine being in that position. Surely, like, you would just shut off. You wouldn't listen to any opinion. But, like, everyone being like, oh, my God, this is endgame. Like, they're going to get mm. married. And you're just, like, dating this guy. Imagine yeah. the pressure for both of them. But I'm sure they're probably just like, whatever. They're just having fun. <laughs> so we did tease at the start of this episode that Taylor Swift might be an SEO queen because there is another theory floating around that I sent to you yesterday and you were like, surely not. So what is it? Yeah. So the theory <laughs> is that Taylor Swift attended a Jets NFL game in order to bury her Jet Emission SEO results that comes up on Google. Oh, my God. So if you don't remember, this was about like a year ago when Taylor Swift was really outed for the fact that her private jet like uses up a lot of fuel and it is flown a lot. Like she is causing or creates a lot of carbon emissions. And this theory kind of stands up in the fact that if you now Google Taylor Swift jets, it will come up about mm. like it will just be about these games. I didn't like I think you sent it as a tweet that you'd see and then I was like no way like <laughs> come on everyone thinks about everything so deeply these days blah, blah, blah. I read an article on Vulture and I was like wait a second maybe this is actually a thing so the article says 
No one is saying Taylor Swift is maybe dating football player Travis Kelsey with the sole purpose of one day watching a New York Jets game from the comfort of a private suite in order to permanently bury the emissions data about her private jet usage and catapult pictures of her and the Deadpool universe to the top of Google results instead. But she, like the shrewdest of celebs and most humble of bloggers alike, is almost certainly not ignorant of a too-good-to-be-true coincidence of search engine Mm. optimization. That's when I was like, you're so right. She has, like, a team of people, like, it must be for every aspect of her life. Like, her house, her makeup, her food. Like, Mm. she would have teams and teams and teams of people around her all the time. And there would definitely be a publicist and a PR team like i said she's one of the most famous women in the whole world i did say it's like the idol there's that team of like 10 people at the the pop idol's house talking about pr and stuff and i think that would definitely be i think it would be boardrooms of people Mm. talking about her pr so i agree with that article in the sense of like she didn't just date him to do the maths of like okay he's in the kansas chiefs and then i know they're gonna play the jets and if i date him i don't think it's that i think it's more like oh, she was at the Jets game. This is great for us. Mm-hmm. Like, now her jet emission stories aren't going to be top of Google. So, like, I think it's a happy bonus for them and the team, and for Taylor and the team, but I don't think it's intentional. When, like, Twitter is so big on, like, the theories of, like, mm-hmm. this is a thing, like, everything is so calculated. I'm like, no. No, I agree. I think it was a happy coincidence yeah. too. So there's a new trend in our mix and we want to talk about it. So there was an article written in Fashion Journal last month and it has randomly picked up (laughs) so much traction this past week. So the article is called Snail Girl Era, Why I'm Slowing Down and Choosing to Be Happy Rather Than Busy. It was written by Sienna Ludwig of Hello CC. Yes, my mom actually (laughs) sent me a link to the Uh news.com AU article of this. And you were in the the image, the lead image. And she just sent me the link, no context, no no words. She just sent it to me. And I was like, oh, cool. Like Maggie's in the press. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so it's also been picked up in the ABC, News.com, The Project, Business Insider, Studio 10, Fortune, and the New York Post. Yeah. Which is wild. And then you went on um, ABC Statewide Drive Radio. How was that? Oh, my God. I was so nervous. This was my ev- like first ever live interview. Uh, it was like a five-minute slot. You got pushed back maybe 30, 40 minutes. So I was literally just on my laptop oh, with my stress. phone there. Just like stress. And um, I was staying at like a hotel that night. So my room didn't have a table. So I was just sitting on like cross-legged on the bed. Had my drink bottle next to my laptop. And then like... When the call was supposed to come, I like knocked over my drink bottle and like water went all over the bed. And I was like, ah, ah. it's not very snail girl of me. I was quite frazzled, one would say. Um, but it ended up going well. I was so nervous though, but it, it went well. Was Tom in the room like listening to you? No, I was by myself. And the thing is, I didn't know what like number radio channel signal that it was because ABC have so many different channels. So Tom's dad listened at work, which was really nice, but he's the only one that listened to it live. Mum 
ended up waiting by the radio for two hours listening. Aww. And I was like, Mum, <laughs> it's been gone two hours ago. Aww. But she was very sweet. That's so cute. Yeah. So the way that this picked up was quite interesting because maybe a week or two ago, I got a DM from um, a writer, the ABC. Her name is Megan McDonald. She's actually a Culture Club listener. So Megan, if you're listening, thank you. (laughs) Um, And we had a lovely chat about uh, Snail Girl and she saw the TikTok that I posted on Fashion Journal about the article and that was kind of how it started. But let us talk more about who and what Snail Girl actually is. Do you mind reading out some of the words from the piece sure the snail girl goes slow retreats when she needs and follows the path at her own pace a snail girl takes her time and creates to create the speed at which everything is put out into the world is just getting faster but she doesn't care she's running her own race and maybe that race isn't going anywhere but home and back to bed i love that quote so much it is quite like a vague-ish trend name Mm. but it's essentially a repackaging of like work-life balance hey yeah Yeah, so I think it's well I'm I feel like I don't obviously know it as well as you and I don't feel like I live snail girl life that much so I'm it's quite foreign to me no that's okay so she's exotic it's an exotic snail (laughs) (laughs) so is it that like you're setting better boundaries at work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and slowing down in your professional life Mm-hmm. Is that what you would describe it as? Yeah. The thing, the beauty of Snail Girl is that she is so unique. She is like, this is why I believe that, yes, we can talk about like the elements of privilege, but I think mm-hmm. it is quite an accessible mindset because there's no hard and fast, like this is what Snail Girl is. It is up to your interpretation, oh, okay. babe. I see, I see. In, in essence, it is about slowing down in some capacity and, and moving at your own pace, whatever that might look like for you. But I do think this has been apl- like applied to the workplace context. So you're right, like sl- like having more boundaries at work, um, prioritizing your mental health, not being like phased by other people's career trajectories and mm. speeds. Like that's all quite snail girly. One thing I find interesting is that there has been quite a bit of criticism or like a lot of people aren't on board which is so fine um have you seen any of that i haven't seen it but i do have my own like reservations about oh, it oh <laughs> well hit me hit me with them oh no, i just feel like it is a very privileged take mm. in terms of like to me in like under capitalism slowing down means earning less money and like <laughs> like negotiating a four-day work week mm. Mm. Obviously, you are a very big advocate of that and it's very admirable that you were able to do that. But I think that it's just not – that's, like, not normal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it should be normal. Mm -mm. And I know what you're doing by, like, trying to – like, I liked your TikTok the other day about, like, let's just call long weekends weekends because, like – Three days isn't that long. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, rebranding in that way is really interesting to me. Um but if I think about that, I'm like, well, mm. I'd lose like 20% of my mm. pay and mm. I'm not going to – in- when I think of slowing down, it's like less promotion on like my Instagram mm. and like being less on, on the pulse and all of those types of things, setting boundaries, turning my phone off, like all those things in my head. I don't know if it's true, but in I think that that would be detrimental to mm. my career and therefore my um, earning capacity and therefore – my retirement yeah like I think that far ahead that I'm like I'm gonna bust my ass now I don't know Mm. if this is very millennial mindset though of like kind of old school I want to work really hard now climb a sort some sort of ladder whatever that looks like in the modern world 
and earn the money now so that when I am older and I have kids, like I think this is what I'll do when I have kids because like you're earning less super when you have, have to take time off work Mm -hmm. and a lot of um, women go back to work part time. For me, that would be like, I will probably have to do that then because I won't be able to work through having a baby. So why not just like earn as much as I can now? Mm. Does that, but I, I agree as well in terms of, I do already have those boundaries at work of like, I leave on time and try not to look at emails like Mm. late at night and things Mm. like that. So, Mm. but yeah, those are my thoughts on like four day work weekends now girl. I think that's so true. So in, it's so hard because we have to, exist and work under the capitalist society that mm. we are in we can't just be all like op- like optimistic like in the ideal world because in the ideal world i'm saying like four-day work week mandatory across industries and everyone maintains their pay and right. all the all the benefits which is happening in some places like i've, I've got a few friends whose workplaces have that so which is amazing but obviously that's not the reality now it's so interesting that you also said at the end, you're like, oh, um, you know, you leave work on time, etc." Because I think that is true snail girl behavior mm-hmm. as well. So um, things like taking your full lunch break, like eating away from your desk, not consistently working overtime. I think the funny thing is those things are like demonized, right? And that is stock standard part of your contract. Mm-hmm. But the way that we have like revered work and we put it up on such a pedestal and like devote so much of our life to work that is almost shunned. Like, mm. I don't know that many people working, um, especially let's say media who do take like their full lunch break away from the desk every single day. No, myself included. I don't. Yeah. Really? I do. And I wonder if that's because I started my full-time media career post COVID mm. And when everyone was still like hybrid, we still are hybrid, but I've always, yeah, taken, well, tried to take, unless it's like a crazy day and like sometimes that just happens, but most of the time, yes. So yeah, I wonder if that's, I think it's a result of the pandemic though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're so right. I actually really appreciate what you were saying about like, God, we just need to earn money and the way to earn money Mm -hmm. is to work more. Mm -hmm. And that is just like a fact and imagine you're right like having kids or people like dependents like that amplifies so much more so very much a privilege to be able to like reevaluate like for me like what's important to me rather than what's expected of me mm. i think though it does stand up a lot of the arguments about like not being busy for busy sake and i think um that was a big part of the fashion journal article as well but yeah it, it's it's an interesting conversation i would say and it's a very modern conversation. And yeah, I just wonder if it's for a certain demographic, yeah. snail girl, like Agreed. for young women who maybe still live at home mm-hmm. or who don't have children and maybe live creative careers who already have all these privileges, mm. who then if it's like, of course you can do that because you're not trying to break into an industry or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it also might have some ties to not necessarily the lazy girl job trend, but Mm. also just having like a job where you're fine with, like a job, not a career or like a place where you get money 
I found it interesting because a lot of the news publications that covered this were like pretty anti it or like it was quite funny listening to the Studio 10 morning segment and the women, um, they're probably like in their 50s or something. So definitely big generational shift. But they were so right. They were like, but what about like, I think they were talking about like her daughter. But like, what about my daughter? Like I needed to like take her places. I needed to do things for her. And at the end, they did have a very funny line. And it was just like, like, how do they do it all? Because, you know, I'm working and I'm, taking care of my kids and mm. my husband and stuff. And then one of them was like, snail girls have wives. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so true. <laughs> Women's labor doesn't end. <laughs> we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but our one of our favorite writers who we always reference on the podcast, Laura Pitcher, has just written an article on it for Nylon Magazine. And so we want to get a little bit deeper into it. And the article is called Full Body Scans, Health Journeys and the Psychology of the Medical Photo Dump. With celebs all over social media posting private medical information and promoting the pre-nuvo scan, which we spoke about, it begs the question, when did the doctor's office become a hub for content creation? Oof. When I saw this on her Instagram page this morning, I, w- I literally commented, you're mine. Because yes. I was like, oh, so true. Like, love that she's put the kind of pieces together because this is definitely a trend we've been seeing in recent times. Celebrities kind of using doctor rooms as like candid photo yeah. opportunities. Before we get too into it, can you just give a quick reminder of what the Prenovu mm. scan is? Yeah, so we spoke about this topic when... Bella Hadid um, posted about her battle with Lyme disease and she was made a big photo dump and said that she'd been in like essentially a rehab facility to like get better. And then um, that same week, week after, Kim Kardashian posted a paid partnership with this thing called the Pre-Nouveau Scan, which essentially just scans your whole body for any signs of like tumours, illnesses, anything that's like Mm. semi wrong um and we kind of talked about how it's like so crazy that like that one that there's a thing it's so great and everyone should have access to it but clearly not everyone is going to have Mm -hmm. access to it hopefully they will one day so that was what we were speaking about and then laura has just like you said put the pieces together and created this like incredible cultural um article one thing that i like about laura's article is that she also references other celebrities who have done this, like we just had the two, Bella and Kim Kardashian, but then Laura kind of goes backwards and picks out the trend mm-hmm. and says that Emma Chamberlain documented her eye infection via Instagram slideshow and Tom Holland posted the immediate aftermath of his wisdom teeth removal. And essentially in the article, she says that celebrities do this when they have a health issue yeah. to create a level of casualness and like authenticity and like I'm just like you like I get sick too Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's malicious but I think especially Emma Chamberlain it's like I'm a normal girl like you know I get eye infections and Mm. it's like it creates this kind of candidness that is very easy to do like without really being super vulnerable I mean I guess putting your eye infection on the internet is kind of vulnerable (laughs) but without having to really say many words it's considered like aesthetic or something Okay, so I kind of want to talk about this in reference to like a normal normal person to, like posting like this as well. So like let's say out of the celebrity sphere, 
you don't have to, we don't have to talk about this if you're not comfortable mm-hmm. but as someone who suffers from like chronic pain when you post rarely i would say but when you do post kind of like candid bts shots or like you know like updates or how you're feeling isn't there like something nice about like sharing that or being like what do you think drives you to do that so true most of the time at these days most of the time when i share about like pcos adenomyosis things it's because i'm writing an article on it and so i'm like usually asking my instagram audience for their experiences and their stories Mm. i've only done kind of like a gifted partnership for that type of thing once or twice um yeah and i guess it is about like building community and like making people feel less alone Mm. but i don't know i think it's different when it's someone firstly who's not in media and who's not a journalist but who is like an icon trying to like talk to the everyday common people i don't i think i have a weird perspective on this because like 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 i'm going through health stuff but i don't feel comfortable talking about it yet Mm. but there have been times where i'm like "Mm, like sneaky photo or like do i do a little like add something that i remember this was like a while ago like near this i was like "Mm, blood test like do i do a little add that to my photo dump you know Mm. just like because it's there was something i was like oh i kind of want to share but i'm not ready to like Mm. is this an easier way in like (laughs) <laughs> like maybe maybe not i think if we if i'm um just spanning out and just removing myself from the occasion equation too i do think it's that um thing of yeah like i'm a real celebrity yeah. i'm a real person and trying to be relatable in that field while also being like yeah but i'm also into wellness especially when it comes to all this high-tech stuff wellness culture i could talk about it all day because it's just like rebrand we spoke about this before with clean girl but it's just like a rebranded form of wealth Mm. in the guise of like i care like kim kardashian i care about you guys and so you should spend two thousand six hundred dollars on this full body scan um and like in the article Laura has gotten some great, great quotes mm. from people. I'll read a couple out. And, yeah, speaking on wellness culture in general. Well, firstly, I love this point. Laura says, The idea of wellness has become increasingly medicalized online. Mm. Recommendations are presented as more scientific than they actually may be. It's not all about flat tummy teas or hair gummies anymore. It's getting a blood cell analysis for, quote, imbalances. <sighs> so true. And then she also interviews Sarah Unger, the president and founder of the cultural insights and strategy advisory company, Coltique. And Sarah says there's currently a supercharged focus on health, especially when it comes to clean. And she makes a connection that this goes hand in hand with the pandemic, bringing out the hypochondriac in all of us. She also notes that doctors became trending public figures on TikTok during this time. Quote, we have a crisis in our healthcare system in the U.S., and the wellness industrial complex is stepping in to fill in the gaps. Mm. People are seeking solutions outside the system. And then this unfortunately comes at the risk of encountering misinformation while scrolling. But that is also, we saw this with the um, the age filter on TikTok. Yeah. And you had all these dermatologists coming out being like, oh, this, this is accurate or this isn't accurate. And like that type of content is fascinating to me when when there's like a cultural like whether it is a filter or I'm surely there's going to be doctors popping up about the bed bugs in Paris and being like, so this is what to look out for. And like, it's like doctor content. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with like the wellness 
industry. Mm. I also think here in Australia, we have such a unique perspective because our TGA, which is Therapeutic Goods um, like Association or whatever, um, our regulations are so strong, which means that influencers, content creators and publications really can't talk much about medically, mm. like medical devices and items that you might see on like, like especially in the US. They just go rampant for like talking about like, I don't know, like hair loss treatments or like mm, mm. anything else. I can't think like about tanning like tanning injections. Tanning injections, even like acne Tanny products. Beds. We yeah. can't talk, even sunscreen. It's really limited how we can speak about it. And while that can be, while I don't agree with all the regulations and for instance, it's super harsh on sunscreen, like, may, like that's maybe what's needed though, because- Laura talks in the article it's just like just because everyone is talking about medical stuff and wellness doesn't mean they're an expert like mm. doctors need to go through training for a reason exactly exactly <laughs> Laura also says that it's not a surprise that we're seeing Gen Z be more candid about health stuff because Gen Z has been more candid with mental health yeah. and like been a big driver in like talking about online and then also talking about it in the workplace, etc. Um, and then Sarah Unger says, quote, in a chaotic world where very little feels within our control at times, yeah. publicly sharing medical content may help people feel in control of their health story. The human body provides no shortage of gross out visual flexes. Just look at the questionable hot girls have IBS trend. Medical stuff can be cringe, vulnerable, and even subversive, all foundational to extremely online culture. Isn't that so fascinating? Oh, my God. I feel seen. That's so funny because that was a quote I wanted to bring up, that last one. I'm going to reread it. Medical stuff can be cringe, vulnerable, and even subversive, all foundational to extremely online culture. Whoa. (laughs) I need to sit with that for a minute because I think that is so true. And I think when we see like authenticity and being vulnerable as capital, it's like, well, how far does that go? I mean, I'm sure you've seen it and I know this is different, but let's say in the realm of grief, everyone has different ways of processing, but the amount of content I see, which is like at my boyfriend's funeral yes. or like 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 my dad just died today. Yes. And of, of course, that is no shame to the creator because that's how p- can people can process. But I think there's a telling... So- article idea <laughs> trademark uh, of like gen z dealing with um grief through the internet mm. i think is has parallels here yes um an american tiktoker i follow whose name is kate glavin her father passed away quite suddenly recently he was sick but they thought they had more time than they did her tribute to him mm. on her instagram dead set made me cry now she is like still Post like you know she posted about his funeral or she called it celebration of life, um, you know is posting about her runs and like which is her normal content but like within the lens of grief and I'm like wow that's because for me I think the older I get the more introspective and private mm-hmm. I want to be when it comes to processing big things like that and like I used to tell everyone everything like before things had signed on the dotted line you're really good at this in terms of like sometimes I don't even know stuff. <laughs> Of like campaigns or like things yeah. like that. And you, you don't tell people until it's like out in the world and it's done. Whereas I am more like that now, but I used to be just like, oh, this thing's coming up. Mm. Like I used to be an open book and now I can't remember how I got on this topic. Um, <laughs> but in terms of Kate sharing her grief, I think that is very brave and very interesting to me because I don't think that I would be able to do that. Mm. I can't make 
being bothered to make content at the best of times went like let alone going through like a big mental health thing like that but that is a very interesting topic to explore like could be a whole thesis on that yeah Zed's like attitude towards the internet and sharing grief and also medical health stuff yeah yeah and I can't say that I wouldn't be like that to be honest like in terms of like the oversharing mm. or creating content from um a life event that's like terrible mm. because I think a lot of like I don't know my brain especially has been like so wired to create content a lot of the time that like who knows I could see myself going either way right like complete blackout of like no like not touching social media mm. or like uh, the complete opposite and who yes. knows touch word <laughs> like I feel that too I yeah. feel like I'm always either one or the other yeah there's not really that balance sometimes I'm like ugh, like get it away from me I don't even want to go on it and then other times it's like yesterday I was like posting like all the time mm. like every hour or something yeah Oh, well, that really spiraled, but we we love it when the conversation does that. Um, if you do want to read that nylon article, we will have it linked in our show notes. Time for recommendations. Maggie, what have you been loving, watching, reading or listening to this week? I finished a really good book recently. It is called Green Dot and it is written by Sydney writer Madeline Gray. This is her debut novel. Um, it's very much up like our alley. It is like a contemporary fiction that follows a, like the journey of like a 24-year-old girl in the media industry and it grapples with identity and love. Like, ugh. Tick 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 like all the things I love. Um, I'll have a brief synopsis here. So the main character, her name's Hera. Um, she's 24. She's bisexual. Wow, and she works as a comment moderator at like a news organization, an unmarked, unspecified news organization, which I love. Like okay, mm. like seeing that as a job in a book. I feel like I have not read yeah. something that like a modern and up to date before. Totally. Um, the crux of the story is she falls for her older married co-worker, Arthur, a respected journalist. Um, yeah. Spicy. Yeah, spicy. So it is a story of the other woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed reading this. I think Madeline's writing is really like sharp, smart, funny and witty. Um, she really gets it, um, mm-hmm. I feel. The cool thing is, I can't believe this. So this is her first novel. Before the book was published, the film and TV rights was was sold. They were like in an auction with like, a, like quite a few international places. I don't understand the process, so don't ask me. But yeah, so this is going to be made into something on screen. You can't see me right now, but my jaw is on the floor. <laughs> yeah. What a dream. Mm-hmm. You need to like have her on the podcast. And they'd be like, so how did you do this? <laughs> well, funny that you just said that because Madeline has kindly agreed to read an extract of the book here for us right now. So you can get a taste of Green Dot here. We'll have it also linked in our show notes. I am 24 and I am scrolling Seek in order that I might find an opportunity to produce content in exchange for money so I can move out of my father's house and pay a few hundred dollars a week to live somewhere less nice and tell people that I am independent and that my life is following a recognisable Buildings Roman narrative arc. I return to the desk, play a Taylor Swift song for motivation and refresh the page. 
Now, at the top of the screen, above the ads for a content producer for a cancer charity and a content producer for a government department for digital transformation, sits a new gleaming prospect. Online community moderator, there it is. Have I ever had any aspirations to be an online community moderator? I cannot say that I have. However, this job is advertised by a well-respected and smart signifying media organisation. And I figure that this is likely the only way I'll ever get an interview to work in those hallowed journalistic halls, being as how I have no non-retail job experience because, as mentioned, I have never wanted a job. Compelled by a deranged masochistic impulse, like squeezing a pimple that is not ready to be popped, I think, perfect. I think, this will allow me to observe how the rest of the people live, in their offices, day after day, going to after-work drinks, buying succulents on the weekend, hoping for promotions. If I get this job, I'll have enough money to live and I can spend my days judging those who are trying to make the system work for them more earnestly than I am. I know you've got this sitting on your bookshelf, yeah. Jazz, so I'm really keen for you to read it. Um, but yeah, a really fun read. Yes, I have like three books on the go right now and I can just see it sitting there and I'm like, oh, I need to finish these other books. <laughs> now it's time for your recommendation. Can you please share what you've been loving uh, consuming the past week or two? Yes. Yeah, so speaking of one of these half read books is Glossy, Ambition, Beauty and the Inside Story of Emily Weiss's Glossier by Marissa Meltzer. I referenced this within an article last um, episode or normal episodes and then Spotify got an audiobooks feature. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Because this was on my list. I was like, I actually want to buy the book, physical book, but was waiting for next paycheck. And then in our little book club Instagram chat, um, we got told that Spotify has audiobooks now. And I think it's you get 15 hours like included in premium. And I have premium on Spotify all day. So there's really like new books as well. So this is great to know. So I started listening to it even though I was meant to be listening to our book club book. (laughs) So I feel like I'm cheating on it a little bit. But um, it's basically a biography on Emily Weiss, the founder of Glossier, and it charts literally like her rise to prominence, her time working at fashion magazines for Ralph Lauren when she was like 16, growing up as this like all-American Connecticut girl. And then um, Marissa has gotten quotes from like – old colleagues old schoolmates like it's pretty thorough um yeah it speaks to like the heydays of 2010s media which will always have a soft spot in my heart I know that like there a lot of problematic stuff ended up coming from that but it will always remind me of like being in high school and like looking up to these like media sites and times um but I posted it on Instagram and I actually got a dm from a friend of the pod Hannah English she said that she listens to another beauty podcast um, and that features an ex-Glossier employee. Annie from Eyewitness Beauty, she used to work at Glossier. Now she has this beauty podcast. And she said on it that it's just fan fiction. Stop. So I haven't listened to that yet. I'm, I'm fin- going to finish the book and then I'm going to go back and listen to this episode, which is called um, If You Don't Want to Be Quoted, Never Be Interviewed interesting okay um and they 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 talk about the book and yeah hannah said that they just called it like fan fiction of glossier wow 
so I'm trying to not let that comment like derail the enjoyment that I'm having getting from mm. it and I'm trying to like see it objectively but I will keep you updated <laughs> when I listen to that as well but yes loving it oh good I have heard mixed things from it mm. um I haven't heard too much but mixed things from what I have heard but mm. oh we love like something like this like you it, it does tickle some part of you that you just want to yeah. hear kind of like the details of the highs and lows for this incredibly massive you know organization um so keep me updated and that is all we have time for this episode i will actually be overseas in china um so if you're listening to the end of this episode we'll be taking a little tiny break from these normal episodes but we do have some um guest interviews up our sleeve so you'll you'll still get a little bit of culture club in your ears but yes i'm going to china for about like 16 days I don't know if I'll have access to anything on the internet mm. or social media. So if you don't hear from me, that's why. <laughs> so fun. Have the best time on your travels. Obviously, Thank it was you. Fun. But that's all for now. Catch right. you later. Bye-bye. Bye.